Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Cobes, welcome to Action City. Emmy. Hi, Katherine. Hi. How are we? How are you? I'm good. You I'm, are? Yeah. You know why I'm good? Why are you I'm just going to put this in here because we put this really in every episode. What? Uh, I went to plant for breakfast yesterday. Oh, you, was, I did too. I know. And you're right. And then I saw in your story that you were there and I texted you and said, Emmy, are you a plant? And then I was like 1030 and I was like, wait a minute. Emmy's probably home. Like everybody's down for a nap already. I mean, you probably were there at seven in the morning. Yeah. They open at nine on Sundays. And were we you were... the first people there? Uh-huh. <laughs> I was so happy they were open on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've been on a, maybe I've been on a Sunday before. I mean, when we got there at nine, I mean, we were the first person in the door, maybe the second. Um, and there were, I mean, all the tables were full within 15 minutes. Really? Mm-hmm. And they have those picnic tables out back. So I don't know if those were full as well. It, there was people sitting there when I got there. It was too cold for me. But then I went into plant. Oh, it's so cozy. It was so much colder inside. Was it? And it was outside. I thought I was going to freeze to death. Oh, I wonder if they Emma, do that we though. we got to turn the air conditioning down. <laughs> don't listen to her. She's super cold blooded. No, it was really freezing. Uh, I wish I'd had earmuffs. I wonder if they do that though, because with the, the pancake station it gets really hot yeah she did say it was hot behind the counter and i think that happens in a lot of restaurants because i'm cold in a lot of restaurants yeah well and they it's like they're cooking in kind of the open space yes. so i feel like because we've been in there a couple of times where like something is burned and it gets oh, kind of yes, stuffy it, yeah. so i'm i'm assuming they kick the ac yeah. well anyways we're digressing we're digressing and play it was really good though but it was really delicious and i bought the elderberry tonic the 25 dollar one the 25 dollar one and i came home last night and i was gonna make Oh, I was going to make the elderberry lemonade, but I didn't have any lemons. So I had this. Oh, was Dr. Nanda brought you the jalapeno lemonade stuff, which you didn't take with you. So I took it home. No, she got it for you. Oh, so I took it home and I made, I used that, the elderberry tonic. Actually, Rosie made it, but the elderberry tonic. Nice. Some Topo Chico, mint and lime juice. It was fabulous. Now I did have that lemonade jalapeno stuff, which had a boatload of sugar in it. Yeah. Well, I could have had some. Tequila I the elderberry tonic I've done in just Topo Chico with lemon. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do as like my drink that I'm gonna drink while I'm making dinner. Yeah, I think yeah. it's really good. Just and it's made in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Or in I just do hot water and just add it by oh, itself. Oh, maybe that's what Casey needs for her. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Casey needs for her losing her voice like mm-hmm. you did. Mm-hmm. That's that's oh. why I got it because I my voice was so bad. I mean, like three four weeks ago. Okay, maybe I'll bring some to Casey. Yeah. Well, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay, my peak. Do you want to hear my peak? My peak. I've really been thinking about this a lot, and it really came to a head yesterday after I went to plant. Yeah. So, my sister came to visit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many days ago. Ten days ago, she came, and she didn't. She came for an emergency that a friend was having. So, it was a sad reason that she had to come, but. Now that she's here, I really don't want her to go. (laughs) I'm not kidding, you guys. She just moved to L.A. and from New York. And I've been begging her to move back to Oklahoma City for so long. And, you know, she's... She it looks like she's coast. having fun now she's that I follow so her on Instagram. Fun. Yeah, you she's guys like follow been, her on Instagram. She's been bopping all over the city, just trying cocktails Oh my God, trying cocktails and, and eating. Yeah. I don't know how she stays so skinny, but so she has this Instagram. It's togetherness, together, and then two 
underscores and then Ness. Yeah. I don't know why the two underscores. It's so annoying. Well, I think because it was already taken probably. Oh yeah, you're probably right. But so she's been all over the city going to places I've never been to. Yeah. But having her here is really fun for me because as I've mentioned in the past, my husband doesn't like to eat as much as I do. And he, <laughs> food does not bring him quite as much joy unless it's a taco. And I love to go new places and I don't feel like I go to as many new places just because I don't have that, that you know, person. all my friends have mm-hmm. kids and husbands and, yeah, you know, or so I don't have that person that I can just bop around with all the time that literally I can call and say, I'm coming to pick you up in two seconds. When are you going to be here? What are you having for dinner? So we have really spent a lot of time together and have had so much fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's going to plan with me on Sunday morning, but Rosie did. See, Jeff knows that he, uh, we went, we, we exercised yeah. together. Like we so just fun. Where'd y'all exercise on Sunday morning? We went to orange theory. Oh, okay. Which was really hard. And you know, I'm very competitive and especially with my sisters because they're both really great athletes and who won Rosie. I mean, she's, <laughs> I was doing the math. Okay. She's seven years and like, a month and a half younger than I am. So, I mean, I'm going to chalk it up to that, but we had to like hold some V hold and, and she it was like, like, can you hold it for two minutes? And I made it to a minute and 30 seconds. and thought I was going to die and I quit. And then she kept going and I was really frustrated. <laughs> I didn't tell her that, but <laughs> well, now she's going to know. Now she's going to know, but she beat me and I really hate that. We went in October, I will say in the middle of the pandemic, we went to, uh, the Finger Lakes in New York with uh-huh. my other sister as well. I remember and th- this. that. Did yes. the three of us go on a run together? Have I talked about this? No, we went running. no. And I mean, Rosie's really the fastest runner. Lizzie runs, but probably not as much as I do. I could barely keep up with them. And really? I'm like, and I'm, I mean, I, well, not the past few weeks, but normally I run like, you know, I don't yeah, know, you're a great 20 runner. miles a week or something. Yeah. I couldn't keep up with him and I've been mad ever since. <laughs> so <laughs> there we have it. But my peak is that my sister is here. And that we got to have dinner last night. My sister came, my parents, my friends, the Cranes, and we got to use my new tablecloth from Indian Ivy. Nice. And the kids sat on the front porch. We sat in the dining room. That was fun. You know, I love it. I love a dinner with friends. Yeah. My pit, though. I mean, I really don't know what my pit was. I really didn't have. I don't know. I really didn't have a pit necessarily. So I'm just going to say it's a pitless week. That's awesome. Is that good? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. And if I had a pet, I can't remember it anyway. So it's it's perfect to get old because you can't remember Jack Taco. And so maybe you just don't, maybe you don't remember the good things, but you don't remember the bad things either. So no, (laughs) I think that's great. I mean, whatever. If you don't want to say a pet, let's not do it. I can't, I don't want to say what, well, no, I meant like, well, that's not true. I take that back. There has been a pet, but I really can't talk about it. Yeah, no, it's fine. We'll have to, it's going to turn out to be a peak and it's all going to be for the best, but Mm -hmm. it's been a lot of time and lots of discussions. It's just, I think this year it's like, it's, it's really just taken people who felt strongly and put them in that sort of extreme category. Right. It's like, I think it's been, what are we allowed to say polarizing? I don't think. Yeah, no, I think this has been a polarizing year and I think it's, yeah. And I think it sucks for people who are like you and I, or I mean, we're not talking politics, just in general, we're more moderate about things. More middle of the road. Yeah. More middle of the road. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like it is very, it's alienating everybody, right? Because it's like, you're either here, you're either there. And like for us in the middle, we're like, where did y'all go? Yeah. <laughs> like, where is everybody? Please come back. Where is everybody? <laughs> so I get that though. So it's, it's all going to, it's all going to work. It'll all work out. I think so too. I think so. What was your pit? What was your peak? 
Uh, well, my pit, that's not really my pit, but, uh, Jeff dropped a jar of salsa yesterday. Where? On the carpet? In no. our kitchen, in our pantry. So it's Wait a minute. We had a glass story yes. last week. Th- no, two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. So it wasn't glass. It was plastic. But oh, thank God. I should, so I shouldn't have said the word jar. He, okay. He dropped this thing of salsa. So. It was like Sunday afternoon. Uh, Campbell was awake. Huffman was still asleep. We're making like we always give the kids kids snacks when they wake up. So he was making us like just siete chips and salsa, whatever. He like grabs it out of the pantry and drops it. And it looks like there's been a murder. Yes, pretty much. (laughs) But as he's cleaning it up, I swear he's going every three seconds. It was like, oh. Because he's mad, he's cleaning he's, it up. It uh, smells. It's like all of the above. jalapenos. Like, his, his he's wearing his favorite shorts and shirt. Oh, he's no. like concerned they're stained. Mm-hmm. It's on the walls. It's in Everywhere. like it was in our pantry, so it's inside of shelves. Is it on every single thing that's in the pantry? Not like, quite everything, but a lot. So you'll find it like six months from now. Exactly something. But um, I was just watching him clean it because he just could not. I don't think he could come to grips with what had just happened. <laughs> and so he kept sighing. And then my closet, the the uh, light bulbs in my closet, two of them had gone out. And I have these really annoying fixtures that you have to take the whole thing off to change the light bulb. And again, I could just hear him in my closet going, Ugh. Like he was just adulting was really just getting to him. And I just couldn't help but laugh. It was so funny. But I was like, yeah, exactly. It was like when you know when you're just like want to be doing anything else. It was that was Jeff yesterday. (laughs) All day. (laughs) Jeff. Um he survived. He did, but it was really funny. I know that's not really a good or pit, but it was Did just, you find some other salsa or was that the only salsa? That's what that, would have been my pit that like so there's no more salsa. That's now. the thing is that I'm very particular about salsa. So I guess this is my weird food thing. Oh, where what salsa is this that you really like? Maybe I need to get some. Okay. I've tried. I love sprouts. You know, I like to shop at yes, sprouts. Yes, I love sprouts. They have tons of salsa in that one section and mm-hmm. the they they put their aisles based on like food type. So there is like a Mexican or, you know, Hispanic section of food and it has tons of salsas. They their original organic medium is my the sprouts favorite. brand the sprouts brand okay i have tried every other brand. but it doesn't come in a glass jar it does but we were out of it oh and jeff so everybody says they like the kirkland salsa because it's fire roasted i'm not a fire roasted. and who needs that much salsa well Yes, we bought it for Huffman's birthday. Oh yes, okay. Or Jeff did. I can't remember, but I I'm not a fire roasted salsa girl. I like a fire roasted salsa if it's in a small, like on your table with other options of salsa. Like gotcha. I do not like it to be my main salsa. It doesn't need to be the main course. I also don't like salsa that's too watery. It needs to have. It needs to be on the chunkier side which sounds gross, but like uh, it has to have some girth to it. Again, another gross word. It's got to like so sit sorry. up on your chip. So it feels like it's like, like it, stumping on your chip. Exactly. It cannot be this watered down stuff. Okay. And it cannot be too acidic, which with salsa, usually that means they add too much sodium. So you can't also do that. There has to be some garlic in it. I have, do you make your own salsa? I have. I 
it's so much easier to just buy the one that I like. It's so much easier. Um, I mean, other than like a watermelon salsa, like people can make a watermelon yeah, salsa. Yeah, so like it's a mango salsa. Yeah. Or whatever, I'm talking about of- like when you're at the store, you have to buy the Sprouts Organic Medium one. Perfectly okay. chunky, but not Perfect. too chunky. Not too, acidic, not too acidic, not too salty, a little bit of garlic. Okay. A little bit of lime. It's perfect. Perfect. Okay, I'm going to go get some because Jim loves chips and salsa. Other than tacos, that's the other thing he'll eat. Okay. Well, and steak. Steak, here, chips, and salsa. I will take it very personally if he does not like this salsa. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll report back. Um, But yeah. So anyway, so he had gotten out the Kirkland's one and I was like, I'm not eating that. So. Hey, and now it's gone. So nobody has gone. to eat it. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So. Okay. So what was your peak? Our peak was on Saturday. We went to the Wheeler district (gasps) with some friends. I saw your photos. It was so fun. I mean, so we rode the Ferris wheel with the kids. Huffman loved it. Campbell was indifferent, which was kind of funny. She just kind of. So she wasn't screaming. That's no, she just like kind of like was looking around like, Like, what do you you have me up here? Excited. (laughs) And we're like, yeah making the like smiley (laughs) face and she's just like kind of staring back at us which is very on brand for Campbell okay good this is um Huffman was loving it we're like sit your bottom in your seat like because I was like so stressful it's like riding a chairlift with a three-year-old oh my god it'll be stressful whenever we get there but um yeah it was so fun so we met some friends there which was great they had live music and there's actually a charity event going on so they had all these games around for like little kids so it was perfect the only downside was they were not serving alcohol I guess they don't serve beer anymore so like at all like at all oh I have my theories on that yeah that I will not say on the podcast oh well anyway so we then decided to go check out the Big Friendly, their new spot in Wheeler. Maybe it's so, so people will go to the Big Friendly. Well, Maybe it's so they'll move in that direction. Well, so the only problem is you can't really walk that yet. I'm sure maybe a couple. Oh, like, you had to drive. Well, so I haven't been down there since I opened the Big Friendly. You probably could have walked, but it was a field with tall grass. And I am, oh, yeah, as no. somebody who's had a tick before, I'm And no, you were probably wearing cute shoes too. Well, so I, mean, I don't really. The shoes are fine. It, but like. I'm not walking through Oklahoma tall grass in no. spring. Mm-mm. Like you were asking to get a tick. Yeah. We don't need any Lyme disease. Um, so we drove over there and we went to the big friendly. It was so Can fun. Can you take your kids to the big friendly? Yes. Kids are allowed. What? Yes. So how do I, they get around that? I don't know. I guess. Let's not ask too many questions. No, Just I know. Let it be. And, since I've been kind of gluten-free, they had rosé on tap. So you can get, they had a couple, they had a bunch of wine actually. Um, From where? From not Oklahoma. No, 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 oh, okay, no, no, okay, no. Okay. I, I don't, re- I don't remember what it was, but it was great. Cause they, there is there, do they have a brewery or so there is, there- is a brewery? They have both. So they have their own beer and they have other okay, local okay. beers. It was perfect. I mean, it was perfect. great. I they, love it. Beer. And their tap room was awesome. It was beautiful. And so we went inside outside and then it's cool. Cause they're across from the terminal, which is that <sighs> other restaurant. And there's a playground. At the terminal? Yes. And you can see it from the Big Friendly? Yes. So so we traded, like, so my friend Nicole and I would sit in the picnic table and we'd chill for a minute and the boys would have the kids and then we, like, we subbed out and it was great. It was perfect for kids. Did you eat at the terminal? I'm kind of dying to try that We did not. We... I almost don't want to say it on the podcast because it's such a hidden gem, but we went to the Wedge for dinner. Wait, downtown wedge or no, western wedge? Western wedge. Okay, because there's. I really want to hash this out. Do you not like their food? 
we used to go all the time when the kids were little. Well, I mean, it because was like, you oh, have it's this to. perfect spot when you have little kids. When you have little kids, it's perfect. You can just go in the and back the and they can delicious. run. And the food was, you don't so like it anymore? So tell me about it now. Well, okay, okay they I, have a, I, There was a period where it was not delicious. Oh, they have a I, full vegan section. What? Yes. And so I was able to get gluten-free pizza that was cauliflower crust. Did with, they make it themselves? Yes, with a cashew cheese on it. For real? For real. They make their crust themselves. That's what the guy told me. Okay. Well, maybe I'll get back over there. I was literally talking about this three days I mean, ago with someone. I'm like, oh, I, I haven't been to the wedge in 10 years. I don't like, I don't eat prosciutto, but oh, my, missing out. but Jeff and our other friends had the prosciutto wrap pear. Actually, it was kind of an Those are good. They've had those since the beginning. And then they ordered two of their pizzas. They said it was great. I mean, I don't know. I feel like for a spot where your kids can where your act kids like can animals, yes. I was very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we got there and another kid from Huffman's class, his parents were there with him. And so there were probably six or seven kids just running around and some of them we didn't even know. And it was wonderful. Okay. Well, I'll put it back on the list. Well, don't, don't go at five when all of us need it. When the spots. all the kids are there, I can get, maybe I can get nearly a babysitting job. If no, I go seriously. at five. If she didn't hate kids so much. That'd be perfect. <laughs> I didn't like kids at 15. I didn't either. either. I didn't either. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. It was so perfect. Cause we were able to actually like have a glass of wine and chat with one another while our kids were in an enclosed space. So, I mean, you're right. They're not getting out to the street. No, it was awesome. And I thought the food was great. I mean, compared to our other options with a kid-friendly space, this was pretty good. No, you're right. And they had a vegan. I mean, I, I and they had something vegan. That was really, they had a wonderful. whole vegan section in the menu and I was like ordering fairly quickly. So I really didn't look like deeply into everything, but they had some great looking salads and. I okay. Because a really great salad in this town is so hard to come by. That's what I mean. I usually, we, I did get the tuna conserva salad at Pizzeria Gusto this weekend. We did oh take out. Gosh. It's my favorite. It's Gusto better if you eat so it there. Good. Everything's better if you eat it on location. Yeah. But Well, and that's the problem. So why we ended up at the wedge was we called, Gusto told me they were quote unquote triple booked. So I don't know if that I don't meant, know what that means. I don't know what that means, but that mm-hmm. it meant you were absolutely not eating with us. <laughs> the Come jo- back in three days. Yeah, the Jones was completely booked and their patio you can't reserve. And so we didn't want to show up there. Oh, yeah, and, and on Saturdays, not. like most people are young and day drinking, right? Like they don't want like three year olds run. I mean, they, I, we I'm love sure the they would have been fine. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Revolution was booked. What? Barrios was booked. Halls was booked. Okay. I love Oklahoma City and I'm so happy that we are a city on the rise, as right. we say. But that is one of the drawbacks. And I I sort of had this thought the other day. I was like, you know what? Maybe I just need to get my calendar, get on open table, and just start Making booking reservations. reservations for four months out, right? As far out as you can book. I'm probably not four months, probably like, like 30 days at a yeah, time. Yeah. But just so I have the reservation just in case. And then if yeah. I don't need it, cancel it a few days before and somebody else can have it. But like Yes. You have to be on it. That's kind of, I looked to go to Cafe Cacao on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., 208 minute wait. I mean, really. Which that place is At that point. And I love so Cafe good. Cacao, but I may never go back. Yeah. I'll never get my act together. No, we need to go on like Tuesday afternoon. Yes, we should go lunch. on Tuesday. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's how you Ooh, get it. Maybe a, that's if, where our lunch should be in a week and a half. We're having a lunch coming up. Oh my Two gosh. Weeks today. We should go to, now that we, I would, yes, go to Cacao for sure. Okay, good. That's what I'm saying though. Because we are local, we're able to go on a random weekday or at a that's random true. time and get into our favorite spots. But yes, on a Saturday night, like 
No, you Good can't luck. go. You can't go. And that's why we ended up at the wedge and we called them and they were like, oh yeah, six o'clock. We have room for eight on the patio. And we're like, perfect. Okay. So now so, everybody knows. I'm so wedge. sad. And I, uh, our friends were like, don't tell anybody. And now I just said it on the podcast, but maybe you know, we want to support the wedge though. Cause I, I do think that Yes. If the food's great and the service is great, it's great for your kids. The service could not have been better. Our waiter was so darling. He was like maybe in high school or college. I don't, I'm not really sure, but he was so sweet. Okay. Yeah. And he brought us like a couple of free things. (gasps) Oh, Emmy. Yeah. Thanks for the tip. Well, so excited. Well, uh, nobody go there. (laughs) Nobody go there. So Emmy can get in anytime she wants. On that note, of course, we're transitioning from food to more food, but. And wine. And wine. There are very few people in the world who love to eat like I do. So I guess it's only fitting that my sister, Rosemary Walker, is one of them. She is the product of a long line of foodies. But after finishing her lifer experience at Cassidy, Rosie headed to the East Coast to play college field hockey and has spent the past 20 years bouncing back and forth from the East Coast to the West Coast. She turned her love of food and wine into a career with the Rustic Canyon Group in Los Angeles. From there, she went on to study for her first sommelier exam through the Court of Masters and has since passed her second test as well. She flourished as a, mem- as a member of the Psalm teams at the Nomad LA and the Nomad New York. And during the pandemic, she founded a virtual wine tasting business, Togetherness. And I really like to think of her as my personal Psalm. She has crippled me a little bit in ordering wine. And she's so sweet in taking all of my photos of wine lists from wherever I am and responding back immediately. So we can all welcome Rosie to Action City. Hi, this is Catherine, one of the hosts of Action City. I have two loves, fashion and food. So far, I've only figured out how to make one of them a career. Owning Greta Sloan, Oklahoma City's premier fashion destination, has been the highlight of my 20 plus years in the industry. It's a place where people and creativity come together. My team and I do the hard work of curating designers from all over the world and then narrowing down the best of their creations to make the shopping experience one of discovery and fun. We want our clients to eye their treasures from Greta Sloan as the favorite pieces in their closets and the ones that bring them the most joy to wear. We'll see you at the shop in Nichols Hills Plaza off 63rd and Western or Check us out on Instagram at Greta Sloan, G-R-E-T-T-A-S-L-O-A-N-E. Rosie. Hi. Hi. This is such a nice treat. Oh, well, I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad your voices are not identical because I think if my sister and I did a podcast together, people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You do have, yes. Emmy's sister just called on FaceTime right before this and you guys do have a similar voice we when we had a house phone people would be like is this emmy or is this sarah be like we don't know (laughs) (laughs) who's this on the other end let me well we're so excited to have my sister rosie in the studio with us in the flesh in oklahoma city here i am (laughs) here i am the big okc now but now you're a cali girl I'm a little, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm a Cali girl, but I'm still kind of working in New York. So I'm a little back and forth right now. That is the chicest thing little, you can say. I know. I'm a little back and forth over. on both yeah. coasts. <laughs> I'm bi-coastal. I will say I'm going to New York tomorrow I'm for so a few days. Jealous. And I keep, Rose, where are you eating? Well, of course, you helped me pick all the places I was eating. But do you I have sort of, the food obsession as well? Yes. It's maybe worse. Worse? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, well, my whole life revolves around, I mean, same with Catherine, my whole life revolves around eating and drinking. But I think when you work in hospitality, 
It's It's one step further because you're just consumed with it 24 hours a day. I mean, especially living in a place like New York and living in a place like LA, but especially New York, you're just, you're going out all the time. You're, you know, you're talking about wine all the time. You're talking about cocktails all the time. You're talking about what's pairing with what, trying to, you know, always going out after work. So it's definitely an obsession. I I do think given the opportunity, if, I mean, if I... Mm lived in New York. If I, if I didn't have these children and this husband holding me back, no kidding. I would, I mean, I think I would be just as, but you're pretty, obsessed. I mean, I'd probably weigh a hundred pounds more than I do. You're pretty obsessed. I, in I'm fact, a, going I'm to a, dinner with you sometimes. I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, can you just, shut it does stress up? me out. She's too. like, <laughs> she's like talking to the server, you know, I know. Critiquing everything. Oh my God. Uh, Jennifer and Lee. Well, okay. They like to record me when I'm eating because I get this like look on my face and I'm tasting something for the first time. And then I like retaste and I retaste to try to really figure out what's in it. And they're like, it's, we can't even take it watching you eat stuff. Well, that's, I had to order lunch for her the other day. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, this is stressing me out because she's so critical. (laughs) And then, yeah, when you got the food, you were like, there was some, what was it called? Not a romesca. Romesca. Oh, right? yeah. The romesco. Yeah. Romesco. And um, she was like, what's in it? Blah, blah, blah. And, it, and she was like, is there Parmesan cheese? And of course, I'm like, oh, I have a dairy allergy. Please say there's no Please Parmesan Please, there's no cheese. parm. That was like, good, though. You you got me to order that. I thought that was delicious. It was really good. It was hard to to go, wasn't it? It would have been better if we were at in the, the restaurant. restaurant. But Everything's anyway. always better in the restaurant. And I think... COVID has really highlighted that for me. I'm to the point where I just don't want to have takeout. Like I'll make it home or I'll go. burger to go is the absolute worst thing, the right? Worst. Ugh. The only yeah. thing. Ugh. Yeah, I'm right. Have, yeah. Do you eat to go in New York? You don't really eat to go in, or you didn't in New York. Rarely. Rarely. I mean, it's so easy to walk out your front door. Yeah. And- but I mean, during COVID, I mean, especially the last kind of month I was there, a few times I did. But I mean, it's like, and What's especially it was raining so much. Yeah. No one wants to go outside in New York in the rain. It's just a nightmare. So I would order, you know, one time, one night I did order. (laughs) What? This is how obsessive food I am. Like I wanted dumplings from one place and noodles from another. So I ordered. Because the dumpling place doesn't have good noodles and vice versa. So I ordered Mm -hmm. dumplings from one place and noodles from another place. It was raining. I didn't want to go outside. I timed it. So like the. The delivery, the delivery guys. People would run into each other because I was so mortified that like they would run into each other and realize that they're delivering two different deliveries to the same person. Oh. So yes, I'm obsessed with food. The difference is though, if there's something I don't like in a restaurant, I don't call the server over. Whereas Catherine likes to tell the server her entire opinion of the dish and the server just well, like... Well, sometimes they ask. They shouldn't come over and say, how was it if they don't want to know? I know, you're right. right? You're right. Like, but she'll go ask. into like a full on... Like, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's a nicety that you take advantage of. And I say it was really great. And it's it rubbing really off on her children because last night Gracie told me a story about how she went to the club and oh they put God. the French French onion soup on her check and she never got the soup. I can't. <laughs> or two nights ago and Wait, Gracie says... Gracie says, well, they didn't bring me my French onion soup. And I said, and and I said, well, did you just take them, tell them to take off the check? And Gracie said, well, they just didn't. So I asked for the manager. <laughs> okay. That, I was really mortified when she said what? that. I, was like, I, I asked said, for the manager. What? And I said, if I was the server at your table and this 13 year old was asking for the manager, <laughs> I would have asked you politely to leave the establishment. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so funny. Cut from the same cloth. <laughs> oh, I have created monsters. I've created monsters. I've created monsters. I can't even. 
Well, Rose, okay. I mean, Emmy and I did our stories where we we interviewed each other, but we really want you to start from the beginning. And I guess the beginning of you is different from the beginning of me because you're seven years younger than I am. So, But you grew up in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I grew up, yes. I grew up born in Oklahoma City. Did you go to Cassidy the whole time? Went to Cassidy. I was a lifer. I was an actual lifer. Um, I I was not a lifer. Starting in um, primary Mm -hmm. and then went... All the way. All the way. Graduated. I we, I was talking to Catherine about this last night. I did apply to go to Deerfield, but then Coach Erickson, my field hockey coach, taught me out, talked me out of it. So I I, and I never knew that. Trash. She because we were talking about boarding school at dinner last night, and we were, and I had I never knew. People ask me all the time, did any of your siblings go to boarding school? And I was like, no, none of them wanted to go. I had no idea that you had applied, or maybe I knew, but I had f- somehow forgotten. Yeah. What do you think? I Are did. you glad you threw it in the trash? Um. I mean. I think at this point you can't go back. No, so I wish can't. I had done that. But I think it would have been, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like it would have been an adventure. Yeah, it would have been an adventure. But I've, you know, I've haven't really, li- I, you know, I left at eighteen and went to college. And where did I, you go to college? So I went to the University of Virginia. Oh, okay. I was recruited to play field hockey there. So I played field hockey at UVA. That makes sense. My coach Erickson was like, yeah. "Don't leave, <laughs> don't, don't leave." leave. Me. Yeah, <laughs> got to get that SBC championship. Uh-huh. And you did, right? How many did well, you guys we win? we won like the like glory days. We won three out of my four years in high school. Did you really? Uh-huh. They were probably... Yeah. We were really... I mean, I have to team. say we were really an athletic group of females. In fact, I think there were five women from my team in high school that all went to play Division One. Wow. Someone went to... Suzanne Anthony went to Yale. Meg Weir went to Iowa. Oh, Sina Wilkerson went to Penn State. Leslie Kearns went to Missouri, I think. And then myself to UVA. Wow. So we were very like, yeah, Did we were Terrell good. play in college? Terrell played, yep. Who got so the Smith Margo Cup? Margot Renault played. Oh yeah, who got Wait. the Smith Cup? Emmy won the Smith Margo Cup. Margot Renault got the Smith no, Cup. No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No, I played volleyball. No, the Smith Cup is just for all around. All around um, like best. Oh, sorry. You can't win the Smith Cup if you play volleyball. Is that what you're trying to say? I might be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Margo, Margo Renault. She was, a, she was, she was like a crazy athlete she was so fast I remember Did she play field hockey she played field hockey she played I can't basketball remember. and the fact that I can remember this basketball no, and she then she it. ran track yeah it's yeah. funny what you remember about your friends I know I could tell you what all my friends were to prom both years it's just <laughs> I can t- really I the outfits I do remember yeah oh I yeah. can tell you what I, re- I wore to prom my sophomore year was this hot pink um <laughs> Was it Betsy, Betsy Johnson? Taylor? Betsy Johnson. Yes. yes. <laughs> I remember that dress. I could have and told it was, you it was Betsy Johnson. I'm trying to remember who my sophomore, what was his name? I can't remember the nicest Oh, because you only get to go to you sophomore. Only get, yeah. I see the fact that you went as a sophomore is kind of mm-hmm. also low-key little... Kind of cool. Yeah, cool. Listen, I think I peaked in high school, let's be honest. No, you did not. <laughs> Just we joking. were saying this to my dad last night because he, I mean, literally he wants to talk about high school like it was oh yesterday. My I can't, he can't remember anything, so I don't know how he remembers what happened in high school. And I was like, dad, you know what they say, high school hero, lifetime zero. So zip it with the high school stories. <laughs> he loves to talk about... Oh my gosh, at TCU, we had a high school hero. One of the fraternities had a high school hero party. So you dressed as like oh, yourself well, in high school God. or what? But like one of my friends went as a goth. Like it was actually pretty funny. But like all the guys in the frat who wore their football jerseys <laughs> from high school, I was like, I feel so bad for you. Yeah, I'm like, so sorry. It's so funny because now like looking back I, where I am now in my life and looking back to high school, 
I just kind of look at myself then and I'm like, like a totally different who person. Was person? I, who was that person? Yeah. Like, I just feel like I am a completely different person, you know, 22 years later than I was, you know, that age. But I think that's not a terrible thing. No, I'm so right. glad I'm not. <laughs> I was in high school because I think I, I think was mom a and dad are glad. Giant too. pain in the ass. That's for sure. <laughs> well, you were the youngest, right? My brother's the youngest. Oh, so, you, oh but okay. Catherine. So Catherine left for boarding school when I was probably in the third grade. Oh, wow. And Lizzie was just like a year, a year behind me. So, so it was basically Russell and myself growing up together. I forget like, Russell's the youngest. Literally oh. the minute, I mean, Catherine, I remember her driving away. She was leaving Travis Smith. She was, Travis Smith Bye-bye. was crying. So she had this big party. Oh, was that the boyfriend? And that it was, was like boyfriend. a slumber party and everyone, <laughs> all these sleeping bags in my parents' TV room. And then I remember waking up that morning and Travis Smith was like bawling hysterically in the sleeping bag. And I just remember <laughs> Catherine like driving away to go to boarding school. And I immediately suburban. got my stuff and went upstairs and like moved into her room. Oh, yeah, Wait, your parents let your boyfriend spend the night? Well, I don't remember that it was part. Like a, it was like I think friends. he came over. It was all my friends. I think it was all girlfriends. And then he came over maybe the next morning. No, I, no, I swear. I if I could have gotten sleep. away with it, I would have definitely had him sleep over. Let's be serious. <laughs> I mean, I would have snaked him in there so fast. Neely, I can't, which is why ears. they were sending me to boarding school. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's the reason why. Which is why yeah. they yeah. got me yeah. out of there. Oh my gosh. That's but yeah, amazing. I mean, so you got, you and Russell really had sort of almost a completely different childhood. Oh, yeah. And the then my, and the had. way that Russell and I, our experiences in high school were very different because you give would, up by the time you yeah. get Yeah. So I went to Cassidy ones. and everything was like very structured and high expectation and sports, 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 sports. And, you know, straight A's. I remember meeting with the the college counselor with my with my dad who was like, you know, straight A's, straight A's, straight A's, especially after like Lizzie and Catherine who were like these perfect students. And I was wow. just like, I just want to play field hockey. And I just remember being in the college counselor's office and my dad's screaming at me like, you kind of get into, you know, whatever community <laughs> college with these grades. And I'm like crying hysterically. Oh, which and I'm then sure the grades encouraging. are fine. Yeah, I'm and sure then they were fine. there's Russell who's like, you know, come, you know, he's just comes, God. he just does whatever he wants. He could quit whatever he wants. Oh yeah. It was didn't too care. hard for him. Like my mom didn't want to, you know, I remember so he left and went to Heritage. Anytime I would drink anything in high school, I was grounded for like two months and Russell would come home. He'd be like drunk on the floor and my mom would be like, I don't know what's wrong with him. And I'm like, he's drunk. <laughs> That's what's wrong with him. My parents would go when, after Rosie went to college, my parents would, Russell was two years younger. They would go out of town and like leave Russell at home with my best friend from growing up as the babysitter. Yeah, oh, actually, yeah. my Paul, parents made that mistake really, a couple like, times hello. with my sister. I was like, you're, her babysitter's, well, you're older at least. My parents would have one of my friends watch Sarah, which she's like two, two years, years older. <laughs> like oh, watch Sarah. Well, yeah, no. Oh, I, yeah. I remember mom there. and dad leaving us home with Paul and there'd just be uh, so uh, many uh, parties. I mean, all my friends were probably over there having parties with oh, them. Oh, yeah. I can't even. But really, if you think about it, though, I mean, grades at the end of the day really have nothing to do with what you're going to be doing with your life. Because if I had to think about who the, probably the smartest of the four kids is, it's Rosie. I mean... If well, that's nice see of you to say. All the stuff she has to remember about wine. You hear her talk about wine. I, mean, I couldn't remember. I, I I can't remember a thing about so anything. So, did you so, play field hockey all four years at UVA? I played. Yeah, I was on. I was on a scholarship at UVA. Played all four years, which was the best. I mean, UVA for all those people out there who have kids. 
send Alex, them to are you, you listening to this? I mean, it I mean if Victor- you can I mean, get Olivia's it, still there's deciding. no way that now you could get into UVA the way you could. I like when I applied 10 years ago, I didn't apply to UVA because that. TCU was a stretch. Let's just be honest. But (laughs) now I look at the kids like um, actually the head of Cassidy gave us a presentation about college admissions currently. And I mean, the shift, I mean, kids who my year would have gotten into Vanderbilt can now get into SMU. By the way, nobody can get into Vanderbilt these days. Well, and that's what he was saying is that all like even UVA being a bigger, I mean, I know it's not huge, but it's a bigger school. It's, I think it's still a higher tier than it would have been. Yeah. I think it's basically at this point, it's, you know, you gotta be top your, if you're coming from outside of Virginia, top your class, like class. Yep. But it, you know, I, one thing I'm, I mean, I loved my time at Cassidy, but I will say that I'm very grateful for the experience that I had playing field hockey there, because if it wasn't for being a playing field hockey at Cassidy and being able to play, you know, what, Cassidy, we were in the SPC, we are in the SPC. And so traveling and playing against people in Dallas, in Houston, I feel like made me so much better and so much more competitive athlete that it, I mean, if it wasn't for that, I would have not been able to get into VA. No way. They would have looked at my grades and been like, see you later. You know? So that's, that's, I mean, that's how I got in was sports field hockey yeah. so then you graduate so I graduated and I didn't really want so because you can play professional field hockey right no, no but you can really. play You're in the Olympic the team I uh, tried uh, the out. Olympic team yeah, yeah I got to like the last cut and then they cut me but you tried out for the Olympic team yeah the, and remember when I went to um Newark to go to uh, Rutgers to try oh, out yes it was my it was oh my gosh I remember this so well so it was my senior year it was Christmas like right after Christmas in between Christmas in New Year's, I was turning 18. So essentially you make it, there's like different levels that you have to essentially go, go through, through yeah. in order to get to this, to this last cut. So it was like winter, it was miserable. It was like white out. It was like five degrees outside my 18th birthday, you know, and I finally was just like, meh, I'd rather go home and hang out with my friends than, you know, be on the Olympic team. But um, yeah, I, I was unfortunately cut from that. But I mean, that's still pretty incredible to just try out. To try out. I mean, these people were amazing that were, I mean, those, they were amazing. They were just the most incredible. It's amazing to be at the Olympic level, how amazing of an athlete you have to be yeah. and, and really and resilient. Really, I mean, exactly. Like yeah. you can be a really great athlete and still not yeah. want to be in the Olympics. I think the people that made that team probably didn't care about going home to hang out with their friends for New Year's, you know? No, they didn't. I, I would, yeah, I agree with you on that one. So you graduate UVA. So I graduate UVA. I wasn't really sure what... Um, with what, what was your major? My major was uh, Spanish and foreign affairs with a concentration in drug trafficking in Latin America. What? Yes. Very this random. This is amazing. You interview your sister and you literally learned so much. Yeah. In drug fact, I wanted to Latin, be, Latin I wanted to be in politics. So I had a, an oh, internship in between my third and fourth year of college at the White House. Wow. Wait, who was president? Bush. Junior. Second. No, he's not a junior. Sorry. Second. Second Bush. W. Second Bush. W. Yeah. W. And so this Times is, this changed, is how time, yes, this is how, the, so this is the point of the story. This is how I ended up, I think, in hospitality. So I had this internship at the White House and they sent me the, like a few weeks before they send you FBI papers and they say, you know, 
they, are you, you a criminal? To, are you a criminal? Have you done X, Y, and Z? Have you done drugs? Whatever, whatever. And I was like, well, I got to fill this out. Honestly, Honestly, yeah. So I said, yes, I've, you know, smoked weed. And they asked, well, how, you know, if you have done drugs, how recently have you done them? And I was like, oh, I think I smoked like a month ago or whatever. I'm not joking you. Two weeks before I was supposed to start my internship, I get a call from the National Security Office saying, I'm sorry, your internship has been taken away from you. Not because of how much you've smoked weed, but because of how recently you smoked weed. And I said to them, well, I guess I could have said I I smoked it, but didn't inhale with that kept my internship for me. Stop. <laughs> and they didn't really think that they was funny. They didn't think funny. that was funny. And then I said, thank you very much. And that was the end of my uh, political career. Political career. And so after college, I was kind of, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was one of those lost souls. So I ended up going to Australia and traveling around Australia for about four months. And that's the first time I ever tasted wine was in this um, area called Hunter Valley. And I came back from Australia and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And for five seconds, I thought I wanted to be an actress. So I moved to LA, which wasn't It was really crazy. longer than five seconds. No, you moved home to Oklahoma City first. Well, I was there first, like a few months. In Oklahoma City? Yeah. Well, I think it was in January to August of 2004. I was in Oklahoma City. Oh, okay. And I was coaching field hockey. Oh, I'm totally missing a huge part of my life. So I was coaching field hockey, but my first job in hospitality was at the Iron Star. Yes. Oh, okay. We, Jim said With the other day, Keith like, we and Heather Iron Paul. Yes. Like literally, I remember Jim knew some guy that worked with the GM or something and I'd never worked in hospitality and they hired me as a server and it was so fun. I mean, the group of people that worked there, I still... Like sometimes if I'm in town, I'll run into them. Like if I go to Cheevers, like some of the same people still work at Cheevers that worked yeah, work at Iron Star. It was so fun. Wait, so what year is this? 2004. She okay. worked there when Jim and I got married. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we so had our rehearsal, rehearsal dinner, dinner at yeah. Iron Star. And oh God, we had, it was before they had that extra room on the side so you could take over the whole restaurant. Yeah. And it was like the coolest restaurant in Oklahoma City. I mean, there was nothing oh, it was else so like it. so fun. Yeah. Well, it was we so much fun. We actually went there a couple of months ago and I told Catherine, I was like, I'm not going to go back to like whiskey cake or even like Charleston's. I mean, I know they're technically local or whatever, yes. but you know what I mean? I was like, the food was really good. Oh, I thought it was so good. And the price point, yeah. I think might be lower than it was originally, maybe. Or everything else just got more expensive at me. I think that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess for how like cool, for how it, cool is, it is, it just, yeah. And, and macaroni people, and cheese. Ugh. Oh, it was so good. And everyone used to go and leave Rosie big tips because she knew everybody that would come in there. And, but gosh. that was the, that was the beginning of my hospitality career was in Oklahoma City. And I mean, I, I, I always had so much fun doing it, but after being here for six months, I decided I wanted to try acting and I moved to LA, which wasn't crazy. Cause we grew up going to LA and San Diego a lot. Cause our grandmother lived there. But how you acted? I, I took like an acting class in college. No, and she know. had a complete meltdown. We went to go see a Broadway show. Oh, I remember this. Was, like right before she moved to LA, and she, we were standing on the street in New York. She had this total meltdown and started screaming at my mother and saying, why did you make me play sports? Why didn't you put me into acting classes? I should have been acting. I mean, it was... Looking yeah. back on it, hysterical. I will say, I know in the moment it was probably not so cool, but I will say, looking like if I had a, in my next life, I want to come back as like Janice Joplin without the without the drugs. drug problem. Yeah. Yeah. But so you get to LA, 
do you quickly realize you are? No, I mean, no, I it took a while. To, I mean, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm like wondering because. <laughs> took a lot of acting classes. Yeah, I took a lot of acting classes. Did you meet any celebrities in your classes <laughs> that made it? Um, there was one guy that was on some like teenage movie situation, but I don't know anyone else. It was a very okay. weird kind of. Uh, they're big Scientologists, and now looking Wait, back, did you on, get recruited. Into I got recruited into Scientology. No, yeah. you didn't. No, I didn't do. Stop. I didn't like. I didn't. I walked. They. They. It was more of like a Wait, little bit of a so cult. Good. Oh god. Okay, yeah. So I. Everyone in the class. So my friend that introduced me to this acting coach. She was in Scientology, and she was like, "You should check out was this like class. Tom She's Cruise really good." Or, or John Travolta, were they like her claim to fame? Like who? Which Scientologist actor did she claim? I can't remember. They claim who people she... like that recruited them. No, like if you're if you're an acting coach, right? You have to hang your hat on somebody. Oh, on and somebody. If you're a Scientologist, gotcha. I would assume yeah. it would be Tom Cruise or John Travolta or somebody like that. I Leo really Remini. can't remember, but I do remember yeah. it was someone who was famous right. that was in Scientology. But the whole class, most of the people in the class were Scientologists. So I remember, and this is how they get you. They kind of like find a weakness in you, right? So they one girl kind of befriend, befriended me and was like, "Oh, you should come." check out the center or whatever. I'm like, oh, the center. Okay. And so, yeah. So I go in and you go in and they make you fill out like a personality form. Like basically what is, what are all the things that are wrong with you? But literally the form is like, do you some, are you some, have you ever been sad in your life? (laughs) You know? (laughs) And it's like, yes, I've been sad. So they're like, oh, okay. So there's something. And so then they take you into a room Oh, oh, did you do the God. thing? And so I filled out the form. Then they take you into a room and you sit there with someone and they go over the form with you. And then they basically sit there and tell you everything that's wrong with you. And then they bring in all these books and they say, these are the books that you need to buy for X amount of dollars. And this is what you need. You need to sign here, sign here, sign here to sign. And I just said, well, you know, I really feel like I should think about this before I sign up. Could you literally there have to like in that moment, right? Send like. Pay them and give them a check for X amount of dollars. Oh my God. I mean, it's crazy how like quickly they suck you in and try to get you. It's all about, I mean, in my opinion, and I'm sure most people's opinion, they just are trying to get money out of you. That that would be Leah Remini's opinion if you have watched. They just want to get money out of you. And so I immediately was like, well, I think I'll think about this and like ran out the front door. I was like, get me out of here. What did you tell your friend? Were you like, that was weird? Well, this was. She at that point had she was like managing the class and that point she had left. But I I stopped going to that class because it was just like, oh, my gosh. But I, you know, I I did a few like I did some extra stuff. And um, one of our dad's friends is a is a director. So I auditioned for a TV show that um, what was the name of that TV show? I can't remember that he was directing and ended up as an extra. So it was I mean, it was about two years of my life. And then. And you I, kind of had some crazy jobs. Like you worked for the tequila guy. Oh, I had literally, I had every job, every job under the imagine. sun you could possibly imagine in LA. I worked not for this guy. Not a naked sushi girl though. <laughs> what? No, not a naked girl. sushi girl. <laughs> but, um, I, that, Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, but that sounds fascinating. When do you, you, people lay naked and they put like <laughs> sushi, sushi, sushi I mean, maybe yeah. I would have made more money if I had been a naked <laughs> no. sushi girl. Mm-hmm. But I worked for this guy um, who worked for Patron Tequila and this guy, um, he and his brother <laughs> used to deal drugs and they were busted, like basically importing drugs on a boat from I don't know where into the U.S. and were thrown in jail for 
I don't know a how many time. years, a long time. So I ended up as this guy's assistant. And he was let out of jail and then he was he was writing a book about it or something. He right? was or trying to do, he was trying it? to make a movie about it. But he, so he had, he was like, basically he was overseeing production of Patron. Like any videos or media that Patron was doing, was putting out, he was kind of overseeing that production. And he was also a drug dealer. And he was also an ex con drug dealer in fact I, he wasn't a drug dealer currently necessarily oh, okay, okay he had already okay. he maybe was no, dealing no. drugs well who knows but, who but knows? he but had already he gone to, to jail served his time but oh. now i don't know if you all have seen um the documentary on that like sex cult serpent but his daughter india yeah. is like is wait, the was it one, some sex cult in New York? <clears throat> I think maybe. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. The sex yes. cult. What's it called? Uh, no. I know exactly what yeah, you're talking I, about. I can and see. They, it was the, like they get all these college girls from like yes, St. Lawrence or whatever, Sarah Lawrence or whatever. And they'd recruit I, all yes. these people to come in. I can't there. remember what the name, but his daughter ended up being no. in this cult. Oh. And then they had this whole like show made about her. Wait, so okay, it was a very think- like wild. And I remember one time also he had random relationships with different people. The guy that owned Patron was the um, the big hair guy. What was his name? Um, oh, Paul, Paul Mitchell. Mitchell yeah. yeah. So I would, you know, there's sometimes where I have to like run errands to Paul Mitchell's house. And it was this giant mansion like in Malibu. I mean, literally the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. There was one time where I'm answering the phone because he's waiting for a call from Brad Pitt because somehow Brad Pitt and him are working on something. And so I answered the phone and I'm like, Bill, you know, Bill Schaefer's office. And he says, Hey, this is Brad Pitt for Bill Schaefer. And I'm like, <laughs> this is Rosie Walker. Hey, Brad Pitt. I, I know you're from Oklahoma. So am I. Want to hang? You know? <laughs> um, so just random things like that. I was, what else did I do? I, worked on the third street promenade as like this hostess that stood outside. You know, there's people that stand outside and try to get Didn't people to come in, work at get people to come in production and, company. Didn't you have like some, were you Oh, I worked for Hunt Lowry. Oh, who's yeah, from Oklahoma. He, um, he is a producer and I would read scripts for him. I was an intern for him. So I would read scripts and, um, you just write like, a synopsis of the script so he can look over it and see what the script is about if it's potentially something that he wanted to produce what else did i do oh i worked at equinox i was oh wait this this is is the the best best. so i worked at equinox at the front desk (laughs) i was a like a front desk girl right that checked people in and my mother was so horrified that i could how could i possibly have a college education from the university of virginia and be working at the front desk of a gym so she would not just a gym Equinox. Equinox. Yes. So she would tell people, because I majored in Spanish, that I was the translator Mm -hmm. for the gym. So I would translate for all the people that worked Mm -hmm. there that didn't speak English. She couldn't bear to tell people that I was the front desk girl. (laughs) I'm sure you have some good stories. Oh my gosh. So many. And then you you were a spinning instructor. And then I ended up, yeah, I was a cycling instructor. Oh yeah, we're not supposed to say spinning. Oh, you can say spin, whatever. Um, what else did I do? I, I mean, I literally have had ever. I was a nanny. You'd have for a long time. Oh, wait, time. you coached field hockey at oh, Harvard Westlake? Oh, I coached Westlake. field hockey at Harvard Westlake. Did you? Mm-hmm. So then how did you get from LA back to, or to New York? Well, you started your, the whole yes. track on hospitality So in my LA whole before, career started right? in LA with the... So I finally, as I was still acting and coaching field hockey, that's how I was kind of paying my bills. And I... St- there was a restaurant opening in 2009, like beginning of 2009, uh, called Huckleberry. This guy, Josh Loeb and Zoe Nathan 
Um, Josh was from Santa Monica. Zoe was this brilliant baker who had worked at Tartine in New York and she was baking in LA and he had opened a restaurant called Rustic Canyon in Santa Monica. It was kind of like the first really like farm to table restaurant in Santa Monica. And so they were opening Huckleberry, which was their bakery. So it was a bakery cafe. So pastries and bread and grab and go stuff and beautiful breakfast and brunch and beautiful coffee and so I applied to work there in 2009 and they hired me and I immediately was just like in love with just because it was the first time I had worked in a place where there was so much um, focus on quality, quality of ingredients, quality of hospitality, just the care and the thought that went into everything that they did. Um, and the space was really, and the beautiful. space was beautiful. The food was delicious. The people that worked there cared. Everyone was wildly intelligent people that cared about hospitality that weren't just coming in for a paycheck. Like they genuinely cared about food um, and about taking care of other people. And that was basically when I decided that's where kind of my passion for hospitality, I think really began. And I decided to step away from acting. I will never forget standing on the line or the pass. That's where the food comes out from the kitchen and you take it to the table and talking to the, to the owner. And he was like, so what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I don't know. I think I want to be an actress. And he said, well, if you think you want to be an actress, you probably don't want to be an actress. And I said, yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) And I was with that group for seven years and they were really kind of, I grew up with them a lot. It was, I mean, I went from being like a child, I think to an adult with them. Um, I, through that restaurant, I, was a barista and then took over their coffee program and then started their catering program. I made $30,000 a year <laughs> oh my in goodness. LA in that, 2009. Yeah. Um, I just drove by McDonald's and it said hiring $17 an hour. Are you serious? And I was like, that was more than I made my first job at Neiman. Maybe I should go work at McDonald's. Yeah, because I was like, holy oh, cow. But anyway, so yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like zero dollars. Mm-hmm. And in hospitality, I mean, it's it's known that it's just because the the margins are so slim, so slim. And especially in California, and not I'm not saying that minimum wage shouldn't be fifteen dollars an hour. It should be, but it's just hospitality is notoriously known for paying people low wages. Yeah. Um, well, so is retail. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you, I mean, I, I get it from a a business standpoint, like you have to make money to be able to pay your bills. Um, but so I, then I became the AGM and then we got our liquor license and they needed someone to do the wine program. And I was like, I like wine. And I'd always loved wine because just growing up with it, my mom was always drinking wine at dinner. You know, I was fortunate enough. She's still drinking wine. She's still drinking wine at dinner. (laughs) She might be drinking wine right now. We'll Um, be in trouble for saying that. I know she'll. I'm sure she'll be like, "Oh, why would you say something like that about me?" (laughs) She would probably say, "On the internet." (laughs) I said that the other day several times. Catherine just said that yesterday last week. But um, so it was in my grandmother. I mean. Catherine's mentioned this before on the podcast. My grandmother owned a cooking store. So it's just something that was so a part of our lives, food and wine. And we were fortunate enough to be able to go to France. And, you know, the first time I ever drank wine, I remember I was 13 sitting out. I think we were in Ile de Ray or something like that, like having a glass of wine. And just I'll never forget like that first sip, like looking at the ocean. I think it was Chablis. And I was just like, what is this? This is so amazing. So I was really... um, you know, so they needed someone to do the wine program. So I started studying and um, went to the to UCLA Extension program. Um, it was a two year program, and then I went through some an organization called the Court of Masters, which is a um, 
like a hospitality focused organization where you get different levels of certification. That's where the master, the, the master sommelier certification comes from. Okay. So that is, so if you want to be a sommelier, you have to do it through that program. No, there's different, there's different organizations. There's WSET, which is Wine and Spirits Education Trust, which a lot of people now are breaking away from the Court of Masters because of all these scandals that have kind of happened in the last couple of years and moving more towards um, WSET. Gotcha. So then once I was a GM at Huckleberry, they asked me to be the GM of their restaurant called Milo and Olive. Oh, Um, an absolute favorite. It's so fun. Just a rustic Italian food. Um, And I did the wine program there. And it was just it that was really cool to to operate a restaurant from a general manager standpoint and a wine director standpoint, because it was just fun to like put your mark on a wine list. I have a question. Okay. So because Huckleberry was like kind of one of the first. It sounds like a lot of these restaurants are a lot of first. Milo, didn't a lot of people try to like kind of knock these concepts off, especially like in LA? Um, I mean, I will say that Huckleberry was definitely one of the first of its kind. I will say that Milo and Olive, I mean, there was Pizzeria Moza, which is Nancy Silverton's restaurant in um, Hollywood. But I think that that opened before Milo. Okay. But Milo was a very... I wouldn't say that people try to knock it off, but I will say that like Italian food is a very hot thing, especially in New York, especially in Los Angeles. And also Italian food, you can keep your food costs very low because you need flour and you need, you know, yeah, water and some salt, some, some salt you know, I mean, it compared to maybe French cuisine or something that's, you know, much more butter and meat. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly. So Food, you know, pizza, you, you make your dough. It's the food costs are a lot lower and people, it's comforting. People love Italian food. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all I want to eat all day, every day is Italian food and it's easy and it's, you know, approachable price point is approachable, but there's definitely a lot of like, um, fast, casual Italian restaurants right. in LA for sure. Yeah. Like John and Vinny's Pizzana, mm-hmm. Charles Nelson, who's from Oklahoma. It's his, his restaurant. Um, but I mean, it, that's just hospitality. Everyone's always, you know, I feel like it's, I think it's hard to really, it's a, it's a really hard, it's a hard business. It's very hard. It's hard to, it's mentally taxing. It's physically taxing. It's hard to be original. It's hard to create something someone hasn't already created. And honestly, I think that, you know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So if someone's trying to knock off Milo, I'm like, great. That means it's great because it is great. Gotcha. Okay. I was just wondering how that works because in retail, it's so apparent, right? I mean, it's so apparent when things get knocked off. It's so apparent when somebody doesn't have an original idea or it seems super trendy. So I was just curious in hospitality, kind of how that is viewed and tackled and if that's even a thought. I mean, it sounds like... I think there's definitely times where chefs will see like, and I've seen this before, where chefs will see their exact menu like on another menu and they're like... Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now that is like Erin Eastland, like, who is the chef at Milo. She makes this um, tomato peach salad ooh. and that her father made her growing up. And I remember her looking at a, a menu of another Italian restaurant. It was the exact same salad. And she was just like, really? Like, come on. Yeah. Like this is personal. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's it's I think that's just. A part of it. Part of it. You okay. know, I mean, everyone's I think that's why you have to be at the top of your game. Exactly. And you have to provide 
excellent service, wonderful food, a great atmosphere. And, and it has to be like that night after night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I do think, I think the most important thing, I mean, people, they're going to forget a bad meal. You're going to forget. Well, unless you're Catherine Buxton, (laughs) but for me personally, like I, I think you never forget how, how people make you feel. That's I agree. I do agree. I think this is where Catherine and I've told you this. Well, yes, Amy and I've had this conversation. I've said that I can forgive mediocre food with wonderful service. Yeah. A hundred percent. If there are some, you know, and there's so many things that go into operating a restaurant on a nightly basis. There are so many things that can go wrong. There might someone, I can't tell you the amount of people that call out in a restaurant. So maybe they're short on the line or maybe they're short on the floor, whatever it is. Maybe someone accidentally oversalted something or maybe someone accidentally like cooked something a little too al dente or cooked the pasta a little too much. But at the end of the day, you can make up for that by just being kind Mm -hmm. and giving gracious hospitality. And a lot of times, you know, we talk about this in hospitality. What's the difference between service and hospitality? And Bobby Stuckey, who's a master sommelier who owns the uh, Frasca group in, in Boulder and Denver, he always says, what's the difference between service and hospitality? Service is something we, we do, right? It's a technical aspect of, of the night. Hospitality is how we make people feel. And I think that is the most important thing at the end of the day in hospitality. And that's why I do this because it is so important to me to make sure that people feel seen and they feel heard. From Milo and Olive, I went and opened a restaurant called Winsome. Is it still open? No, that place okay. is shuttered. Um, in, <laughs> the inside of it was yeah, Echo Park, which is a really. We actually got. We were one of Bon Appetit's best new restaurants in 2016, maybe. Oh wow! Um, and I was there for a year. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, anyone that you know, I know that you've had Brian Bogart on here, and he knows this. And it, opening a restaurant is the hardest freaking thing. I mean, it's the hardest thing. It, uh, it, that that was hard. That was very hard. And so I, that's when I decided I don't want to be in management anymore. I want to focus on wine. That's where my passion lies. So I left there and went to um, do the wine program at a place called the Ponte, which is one of Scott Conant's restaurants in West Hollywood. And then the Nomad opened in December of 2018 in downtown Los Angeles. And it was, you know, supposed to be the, most anticipated, most anticipated opening in LA in like the last 10 years. It was this beautiful space in downtown LA. It was this old, it was the old um, Bank, Bank of, of Italy. Italy right? Yeah. But it was just the most ridiculously beautiful space. I still to this day think it's the most beautiful space in LA. And they had fine dining on the up on the second level and more casual dining on the bottom level. So they hired me to be on their sommelier team, opening sommelier team. Uh, to work with this ridiculous list. Um, and there was about, I think, seven or eight of us on the opening sommelier team. And then things didn't go so great for Nomad LA. And we were, from the beginning, it was like popping off. Like it was crazy. It was so busy. And then slowly it just, I don't think the food is what people in LA wanted to eat. The service people in LA. It's a little heavier, I feel like, pe- than what you normally find. Yeah, in LA. LA is very light, far- I mean, farmer's market driven, very, you know, California cuisine is a lot of vegetables and it's, you know, a lot of very light and a lot of Mediterranean dishes. And um, this was like heavier, kind of leaning French food. 
um, French American. And it just, and the service style was not what people like. It was very New York service style, like very fine dining. Mm-hmm. Um, and LA is so much more casual. And yeah, they, I feel like, I mean, it was the best experience. And I think Will Gadara is the, one of the most brilliant people when it comes to hospitality. And I think Daniel Hume is one of the most brilliant chefs. I think in LA, you got to find a way to make it the, the service, um, like a little uh, more bubbly. Like cool. No, like oh, cool. cool. Okay. You know what I mean? Like cool and approachable, but like still with all the technical. Apps. Then COVID hit and it shuttered. And But in the end of um, 2018, like September of 2018, they ended up closing the fine dining and just focusing, like doubling down on the more casual um, part of the restaurant that's downstairs. And so they downsized their teams. But then there was an opportunity they're hiring for some way in New York. And the wine director asked if I, the wine director of the group asked if I would move to New York. And I was like, see you later. And I moved to New York in 2018. And, but I think you thought of yourself as like a California girl. I always that. was oh my like, gosh, and this like, is, I speak. I'm like a set, surfer girl. Yeah, I live in Santa totally. Monica. I'm so cool. And then, yeah. And then I moved to New York and I was like, oh my God, why did I ever live in LA? New York is the coolest place in the world. I'm never leaving. <laughs> this is it. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is the greatest city in the world. And here I am back in LA. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you went immediately to Nomad in New York. I went to Nomad in New York. I um, was part of the sommelier team there, which was mostly a, female, right? It was all females. It started with two males and then they left and then it was an all female team. So there were six of us and it was the most amazing experience of my life. I learned so much about wine. I learned so much about hospitality. I learned, I mean, I learned so much about just the, you know, that type of service and a restaurant that's that big and how to kind of manage it and how to, there was just so many so many things that I learned. I was the director of education for the sommelier team. So it was, re- I love teaching. So it was really fun, you know, overseeing that. Um, it was just a really, you know, that group, like, well, I mean, they're not together anymore, but Will Gadara, like he, he, he's figured it out. Like he's brilliant. And it was so cool to be able to work with a group like that because it just, it just makes you so much better as someone that it works in hospitality. Well, every time I would come to New York, I'd say, Rosie, we want to come to Nomad. And she'd say, oh my God, Catherine, there's so many great restaurants in New York. I mean, you don't always have to come to Nomad when you're here. And I'd say, Rosie, I want to come to Nomad because I mean, the food is excellent, but in a way, the food is almost like secondary yeah, to everything it's the else. Experience. It, it is the experience. Yeah. I mean, now I did have some inside, you know, I had a person on the inside. Yeah, but But I mean, mean, anyone. I mean, we got to see the magic show. There's this like special secret room that we got to go to to taste gin. I mean, every time and every person would come over and say, we're so happy that you're here, but not in an annoying way. I mean, the setting is perfect. There's all the different rooms. You can go to the library, you can go to the bar. I mean, it was. And that's what's so cool about the hospitality there and the style of service is it. And just if someone like Catherine came in, we have it, we call it the Swanee vacuum. So clearly Catherine's a VIP, right? And (sighs) she's there and we're like giving her all this amazing service and whatever. We want to make sure that the table next to her doesn't feel Feel, like that they're not being taken care of. So we make it a point. Like if someone wants to touch Catherine's table, we will say, okay, if you want to touch her table, you have to do it when you're going to clear their 
their table next. So it's not just people swarming the table and chatting. And we're not, we're not essentially like, I guess we're not essentially inserting ourselves into her experience. Right. And we're also not making the, trying to not make the people that are around her not feel like they're being taken care of. So whether you're a VIP in our system or not, the whole point is to make sure that every single person feels taken care of, whether you are a VIP, I use quotation marks VIP, because in my opinion, everyone that goes into a restaurant should be a VIP. Oh yeah, you can't see Rosie's air quotes. I'm air quoting. Nothing makes me crazier (laughs) than the, the, you know, those places that... You, it's clear that like the person sitting next right. to you yeah. is like the star table. And that's what we try to avoid. It's called the soignee vacuum. Um, you also keep notes in the system. I didn't realize this. I mean, like, yeah, so there's notes on every guest that comes in. So if Catherine came in, we'd say, or if you came in, I'd say dairy allergy, gluten allergy, loves to drink, you know, <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. loves to drink, Always like cab, last bottle they drank was blah, blah, blah. We might even like in her, in her, um, in her bio, it says like owns Greta Sloan in Oklahoma City, oh, like high end fashion, cool. friends with so and so. Like it probably now says something about the Beverly Hills Housewives in your, <laughs> in your yes. bio. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, but anyone so- that oh, comes in, that was that was that at oh, Nomad? Yeah. No, no, we didn't. We were at um, the Latte. Oh. That's where we stayed at the Latte, not at the Nomad. When we were the, when we oh, when I came for Kyle's fashion show. Oh yeah 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 yeah. But anyone that, I mean, I love when people, especially when people from Oklahoma come to visit, it makes me, and I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been working at the Nomad and someone from Oklahoma comes in and I'll walk up to their table to like drop a wine list. And I'm like, so it's fun because you, we call it blowing it up. So we get to blow it up for all these like people that you know, or that you want to take care of. And that was really cool in terms of like, you know, we had a budget for being able to send people stuff. And make them feel special. That's amazing. And I just see, I can't like the amount of people from Oklahoma that have come into that establishment. It's, it's wild. Probably more so than any other place. Oh, more so than any other state. I swear to God. I mean, maybe like California, but any other state, I swear to God, Oklahoma represents it. The nomad. <laughs> That's amazing. So how did you get back to LA? So when COVID hit, um, I, the restaurant closed, obviously, and I started a virtual wine tasting business called Togetherness. So it's essentially bringing people together. This sounds so cheesy every time my sister like cr- cringes when no, I say go, this. No, go be cheesy. It's really about bringing people together through wine and loving kindness. So it was really a way to give people an opportunity because they couldn't see each other physically to be together, you know, via Zoom, just to give people an excuse to to celebrate. So it would just be groups of friends or maybe it's someone who has a wine tasting group and they always go to Napa every year. And so they'll do tastings or maybe someone was supposed to have their 40th birthday in Corsica. And so they have the people, his friends on a birthday party and I'll do a theme based around Corsican wines or, you know, maybe it's a a business that wants to do something for their clients and we'll, we'll do chasing, or maybe it's a business that wants to do something for their employees and we'll do something. So that kind of lasted for about, till about July of 2018. I'm sorry, 2020. And then I went back to reopen the nomad in 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 September. September. And then by mid December, I was like, I love the nomad. I love my team. I love hospitality. It's what I want to do with my life. I've given my life to hospitality, but to other people for 
20 years and I was like, I, can't, I don't want to do it anymore. I can't, I have to work for myself. Like it was just a conscious decision. Like I can't, it's amazing how COVID has really made a lot of people kind of reevaluate their lives. And I, in that moment was like, I can't work for anyone else anymore. Like I, I've done this long enough. I'm going to do this for myself. So I left the nomad and focused on virtual tastings. And then I've been going back and forth. I've always wanted to open something always. Um, and so I've been for the last six months going back and forth between LA, New York, LA, New York, because I lived in LA for so long. And I feel like I'm very well connected in that city. And I, so I, my business partner, uh, Brandon, he's in LA and he was going to help me do something, whether it's in New York or LA, either way. And so January of 2021, I was forced to have a phone date with a gentleman friend. I was very resistant to it because I just didn't want to date. And my best friend, Julia Smith, um, and her friend, Christine Colton were like, you have to meet this guy. You have to meet this guy. I said, absolutely not. I'm not This was dating. your Oklahoma connection. It was the Oklahoma girls. Oh, it was the that Oklahoma told- girls that connected me with a guy in LA. So Julia's from Oklahoma, yeah. Christine Colton, um, Knew him in LA, is married to Garrett Colton. Christine and Garrett now live in Oklahoma City. So everything comes back to Oklahoma. And I said, I'm not meeting this guy. Uh, like, absolutely not. And Julia was like, do it for me. I was like, fine, I'll do it for you. And we met. And now I'm within two weeks. I subletted my apartment in New York, uh, moved in with this person named Mike Green and we call him Uncle Mike. We call him Uncle Mike. At the family. Or my dad likes to call him I like Mike. Um <laughs> wait, that's funny. <laughs> and you know, uh, it's um it's I and I have a listen, LA, I have a community there. My best friends in the world are there. I have family there. My business partner is there. So it also made sense from a business standpoint to be there because um it, just raising the money we think will be easier for me to open something in LA versus New York. I will, my dream is to open something in New York eventually. Um, and actually like being back in Oklahoma the last, this last week, like I've been walking yeah, around say, and like, oh, really? I know it's so Very funny. Like Julia found a house around the corner from her and I was like, it's only $525,000. Do you know what I can get in LA for $525,000? A, a shoebox. Shoe box, right. Yeah. And all these cool restaurants. I mean, there's so much cool stuff happening in the city. You. Like, and I'm all, you know, I haven't lived here in so long, but like I went to the farmer's market with my parents at Scissor Shell Park. There was someone that was making wine there. I mean, it was oh, so yeah, I cute. I saw your post on Instagram. And I mean, there's so many cool restaurants popping up. You were talking, Christine was telling me about Frida and then you said you were going to Frida, which I want to go to. Really really good. Good. And we were driving, driving through the Paseo district and I was kind of, I literally had this thought in my mind. I was like, if someone gives me a million dollars right now, I'd open something in Oklahoma. We can find you a million dollars <laughs> ASAP. I, yeah, I think that we need more people like you to stay here. I know. Especially I know. like for wine too. I know. And I that's know. what, you know, I, I've been, I went to the market at Commonplace the other day to buy oh. some wine. And I have to tell you, Eric is doing an amazing job with the wine program there. The stuff that he's sourcing, everyone needs to go support the mar- the market at Commonplace. Like the wines are stuff that you're not going to find at like Total Wine. We or, don't have you Total know, Wine. <laughs> What's Total Wine? Like a it's a da- well, they have it in Dallas. It's like oh, a big, gotcha. yeah. big like they're like small wine. production. Th- I mean, it's thoughtfully curated, small production. 
um, sustainably farmed, very cool stuff that might be a little bit esoteric. You might find something from the Canary Islands. You might find something, you know, made by a female winemaker that's made in a really, I had this producer the other day, Anne Dubois, I think her name was from Fleury and uh, Beaujolais, 100% Gamay. Eric introduced, I never had this producer. It was amazing. The price points are really great. I mean, he has Rouleau, Domaine Rouleau, which is one of the best burgundy producers in the world for less than $100, which is crazy. Like, that's amazing. I almost bought a bottle and then I was like, save your money. Save Um, your money. You're starting a restaurant. It's like, so I think what's really cool is Oklahoma City, it's now getting to this place where you have people like Eric, you have people like Chris Castro, you have people that, you know, really understand creating um, an experience for people that is original and it's it's really cool to see and it's exciting and it's um i just i want people to embrace it you know i think it's so important to embrace these places that are working so hard to put their stamp on Oklahoma City it is so yeah. yes we can all go to cheesecake factory and listen i will eat <laughs> i will definitely eat something off that menu but like why not go support these small these small restaurateurs that are like putting their heart and soul into these places it's so so important. I yelled at my mom the other day because she came home from Whole Foods from like with like all these vegetables and she already has 8,000 vegetables and oh. she came and I was and then we went to the farmer's market and the next day I was like, why are you not buying? Everyone needs to be going to the farmer's market to buy their vegetables, to buy their The potatoes. farmer's market at Scissor Tail is, Emmy goes, I mean, or you well, go down I, to Scissor Tail for, for picnics a lot. Yeah, to walk for picnics. Around. But I mean, we do support the market. We, we Oh, and you go to the market at Commonplace. I mean, mm-hmm. it there are so many opportunities in Oklahoma City to to buy slow and to buy local. Can I just say this? <laughs> of this, course she you goes. can. Yeah. We warned her. We told her she couldn't get no, all No, no, no. This is about the people in Oklahoma City. Everyone is so freaking nice here. Like, I am almost taken aback. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why are you being so nice? Do you need something from me? Like when you live in places like New York and LA, which I love, you just feel so jaded because you feel like everyone is such an asshole 24 hours a day. And you know, when you're at the farmer's market and people are like, ah, you know, here, I mean, they're dying to talk. They are to you. dying to talk yeah. to you. They get so excited when you ask them about their product, when you, you know, it, it, these, oh, this Dave's smoking barbecue. This family was so nice. I mean, they were selling their barbecue. It was him and his daughters were there. Oh, we need to go. And they John, wanted to, to tell me yeah. everything about their barbecue. There was this lady who makes tea, who was selling her tea. Her It was like Nettie, Miss Nettie or something. Oh, I've met her. There was a local coffee shop. I mean, everyone is so wonderful and so nice. And a lot of these people are doing it in their own kitchens. Yeah. Yeah. And bringing it to the farmer's market. Yeah. I mean, th- th- we don't have a lot of kind of commissary type kitchens where people can go cook things like that in yeah. the city. I mean, and yeah. there's a lot of pl- people that are moving from LA. I San don't know Francisco. anyone from New York, but LA specifically. And have you all been to Palo Santo yet? Oh, we ha- I have. So you that couple- can you believe it? I went, Lee and I went probably three or Wait, four we, months ago. We owe you dinner, right? Is yeah, it to Palo Santo? No, but we could go there as a cocktail in advance. Perfect. It's 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 down next to the farmer's market, kind of next oh, okay. to the loaded bowl. It's like right next door to the loaded bowl. Oh, okay. So apparently the, they're from LA. They moved here from LA. The people of Barra Balada, they had lived in LA before. Well, yeah. And, Have you heard that story? I, I mean, yeah. I will say the boy stuff. My parents were engaged 
after six weeks of knowing each other. And so, they're happily married. I remember that on your, yeah. Yeah. So I My just, family's giving me a very hard time about it. Don't let them. I mean, if <laughs> I, I just, I always, whenever well, I, I say when it's right, it's right. Well, right? I think because That's also right. like two months ago, I was like, I'm never leaving New York. I'm a New oh, Yorker. Oh, she got all excited. It's like, I'm a New Yorker. Part of me feels like I, I definitely more in line with New York and the culture there. But I'm going to give LA a shot and I don't know. I think we can unjade and... you if you move back. <laughs> I know. I want your apartment in New York. If you could just leave that to me. Oh, they give me in my shoebox? Your sho- I okay wouldn't call it box. an apartment. I would call it a room. <laughs> your room. It a teeny tiny little. I mean, teeny, the, it is so the cute, counter though. space, it's... I bet, is a 12 by 12 yeah, inch so small. spot where you have to cut, How do you cut, chop, cook, and put your mail all I, in the 12 yeah, by 12 inch I spot. literally, you just make it work. I mean, make my bed work. is right next to my couch, which is like basically across from my refrigerator, which is like the tiny little kit. I mean, it's people walk in it and they're like, you live here, but it's so cozy and it's so cute. And my neighborhood in New York, Carroll Gardens is the best, Carol Gardens best is neighborhood. Really, it's that. kind of, I, when I was there, maybe it was like a year and a half ago, two years ago, it feels like what Nolita used to feel like. There used to be places like Carroll Garden in the city, like in Manhattan, but now it's gotten so gentrified that yeah. there, there aren't quite as many. There really isn't any place left like that. So it's all locally owned shops that maybe specialize. I mean, I went into like a place that had all Moroccan textiles. Yeah. I mean, you know, just little places that can't afford to be open in Manhattan anymore are now out in places like Carroll Gardens. Yeah. I, I it's could stay best. for a month. Well, let's do first final question because I feel like we're... Oh, it's already yeah. been an hour. Oh, yeah. This goes oh, by fast. Yeah. Well, it kind of... this It all ties into what you've already been talking about, but it's Oklahoma City in 10 years. Kind of what do you see for the city? What do you see for yourself? And then kind of your business. And it sounds like a restaurant's in the future or some sort of bodega or... I don't know. I'm like trying to imagine your concept, but... Well, when I can summarize my concept in two sentences, I'll tell you. Perfect. But um, I, I've started... I mean, my goal for myself is to have a restaurant open by 2022 in LA. Um, but I don't know. I mean, any, I, I'm now learning to say... I'm not speaking in finite terms anymore. So that could maybe that could change. Maybe that could be New York. Maybe that could be Oklahoma. <sighs> I don't know. Don't get my hopes up. Like don't be I saying said, that kind of stuff. Well, everybody, does everybody hear that? Mike did she tell me today. He was like, so, uh, he's Do you like, think you want to move to Oklahoma? <laughs> I mean, it's nice. I will tell you, it's so nice being here with friends and family. And it's nice to see the city changing. Definitely. When I lived here, when I was a teenager, it's nothing like, um, it's nothing like what it is today. No, it, that's it's, why, there's yeah. so much cool stuff happening. What do I see for what was the other question? For Oklahoma City. For Oklahoma City in 10 years. In 10 years. Maybe cool people like you opening more stuff. I yeah. do. I mean, I will say just based on what I'm seeing, um, what I'm seeing happening now, I think. Hmm. Is she going to say it? Spit it out. No, I, I, no, no, no. I think that. I would, I think that I see kind of potential for all these like big chain restaurants to be less of a focus and less of a priority. And there being a focus on quality local restaurants. I think Oklahoma City 
has so much potential. There is so much potential here because of the people that live here. People care so much that live here. People are so gracious that live here. Everywhere I go, I mean, I went to the freaking Taco Bell the other day and the people were so nice. Like there is so, and that's what I love about this city is for a hospitality driven city. This place has so much potential because of the fact that the people that uh, that live here because they're so kind. And I do think that there is... That's our, they're already there. Oklahoma City is there when it comes to that. And I see such amazing potential for really cool wine programs. Like Eric's kind of starting it at, at the at the market at Commonplace. I think that's, in my opinion, where Oklahoma City has the most potential and can grow the most over the next 10 years is the importance of wine and food and beverages in general it in a community gets, and in a culture. Yeah, and it just gets a- lost in translation. And I can't stress enough the importance of creating a really cool and thoughtful beverage program to complement the food. The food. I think yeah. that is what creates the most holistic experience. You have the hospitality. There's so many great restaurants with great food here. And then I think the the wine lists you know, if, if you're curating stuff like Eric has and not focusing on just like big Napa cab, Mm -hmm. it could be even that much cooler. So that's kind of what I see. I see more people like Eric kind of, um, putting their mark and it's going to take time because people don't like change, right? People don't like it when they are used to seeing like Rombau Chardonnay. They don't Chardonnay. see their buttery Chardonnay. Yeah, they're used to seeing Rombau Chardonnay on the, I'm sorry, Libby Nafee, but they don't have, <laughs> you know, Rombau Chardonnay on the wine list. And maybe it's some cool, like, you know, New California or even like, you know, something from the Finger Lakes in New York or something from a really funky, cool Appalachian or region in France, like the Jura or something. But it's just going to take people really, you know, yeah. it's going to take the the restaurants really using their resources to find someone to be that person to ed- so they can educate themselves, so they can in turn build those programs, so they can in turn educate people of Oklahoma. That's what, that's my hope for Oklahoma City, for honestly. It sounds like someplace I'm going to want to be in 10 years for sure. It sounds like you could be a consultant. I would love to. Listen, if anyone's out there listening and you want me to consult on your wine list, that's what I'm doing now. I'm consulting for a place called Noya House um, in LA and New York. So, I mean, I, I'm, I feel so passionately about beverage programs of restaurants. I think they're just so overlooked in so many ways. And I think that Oklahoma City is ready to to be introduced but, to, to yeah. really cool, cool, thoughtful wine programs. But I think people can have the buttery shard at some places, right? But like, I think that there are plenty of new restaurants who do not want that. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go, go, yeah, go to Cheesecake Factory and get your buttery Chardonnay. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so... Rose, final question. And really, I'm going to switch this question up say, a little you have bit. To do it the opposite. I'm going to do it the opposite. Okay. You're flying into Oklahoma City. Spring a visit on us. Where do you go first? How do you spend like your day in Oklahoma City? Let's assume, let's assume you're not getting Lulu'd. Oh, God. Which means my mom's not kidnapping you in her car and driving you around to a bunch of random places. Okay. You're not getting Lulu'd. Like you get to plan your day. You don't have to go to the nail salon with Neely. Not that you don't love that, but you get to plan your day. What do you do for the day in Oklahoma City? 
Well, I think it starts by going to a fitness class, whether it's What's the one that you go to? Oh, Union Performance. Union Performance. Robbie. Oh my God, I you can't him. even imagine what we did this morning. I'll have to tell you afterwards. Um, I would then want to get a coffee at, um, what's the place on Britain that I love? Oh, Zero Tolerance. Zero Tolerance. I would get They're opening up a new pizza place next door oh, called really? Vin Pizza. Mm-hmm. They're hiring. Ugh, I love that place so much. And they make literally the best dark chocolate that I've had in any place in the country. Literally, it's the best dark I, chocolate. I agree with you. I would go there. Then... What would I do? I would probably want to go to, I mean, everything I do revolves around food. Um, I might, I actually like, I really, I, while I'm here, I really want to, I really want, we went to Scissortail Park, but I'd like to go back and spend more time there. I would like to go to the Botanical Gardens and I would probably go to the Oklahoma City Contemporary Art Museum and have I'm lunch dying. there. Oh, oh, I want to go with you. I, I want to go. Yeah. I've not been yet. It's um, so sad. For I sure. I would want to, I would then... After having lunch there with some wine, um, I would, Avery Cannon. Is I would definitely there. go to Greta and go shopping for sure. Oh, I would have to ask for the family discount. Um, <laughs> we all we all live on and the then <laughs> I would want to go have a cocktail somewhere. I really want to check out Palo Santo. Um, it sounds like this place is amazing. I really want to check it out. And then I would want to have dinner, obviously. And where do I want to have dinner? Okay, so I mean. If I want to do something like, if I, let's say I had like, do I get one day? Yeah. Just yeah. One. Oh, there's I mean, so if we many had more places. time, we could go into a second day, but um, Emmy and Richard will kill me. <laughs> um, where do I want to go? What Gosh. about dinner at Lulu's house? No, absolutely not. <laughs> She's we won't eat anyways. till 1am. Um, oh God, this is hard. You guys, um, Cause there's so many places like I want to check out Frida. I, I always like going to the Metro because I just think that the, it's so consistent and it's been around forever. Um, what I do really you get at the Metro. Um, I mean the last time I went, I just had like a glass of wine and some snacks, but it's been a few years since I've been there, but okay. I probably would get like a steak or something like that. Gotcha. Um, I mean, piece of gusto. I really like so oh, good. So good. But I would probably say if I haven't, if I'm going to go to a place I haven't been yet, I'm going to go to Palo Santo for a drink and then go to Frida for dinner. That sounds like a really great day. And I'd like to do that one day next week. Great. Let's pack it all in before you have to go back to LA. I'll be here for a minute. So. Okay, good. Well, where can people find togetherness and you? So I am, well, right now I'll be in Oklahoma City for the foreseeable foreseeable future. Um. And togetherness, my handle is at together and it's a double underscore Ness. Um, so at together double underscore Ness. Also, if you do at Rosemary R. Walker, you can find it through that. Um, or you can email me at hi at together dash Ness.com. If you want to do a tasting, um, you can also do an in-person. I've been doing some in-person tastings, which have been really fun since um, COVID has open up so I could get some wines at the market at commonplace and come over and do a tasting for we you and your friends too. Yeah. Um, you can also text my sister and get my number. <laughs> yeah. You can DMS DMS I'm sure the people will... listening to this podcast have her number. So yeah. Rose, well, thank, thank you so you. much for that being so our guest. Having me. We'd love to talk about food. 
I know. I'm sorry. I didn't have any wine for you all to drink. I should have. It's okay. I need to actually, my Monday needs to be productive. So we're good. I I don't know if I can tank it right here early in the week. Okay. I love you. Thank you you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at Action City OKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at actioncityokc.com. Action City is produced by Blacken Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blacken Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll.